Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. Yeah, you know, Baka! 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 Baka. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. And if you don't know us by now, you'll never, never, ever know us. Just kidding. We're an anime podcast. Every two weeks, we come together and we talk about anime that we've recently watched uh, as in a book club format. And then we turn our discussion over to our comment section. So our listeners, who we consider the smarter of the two parts of this partnership, uh, to be the ones who should take on the discussion. All right. To do the opening discussions that we need to do, I need the help of my co-host. And first off, we have the Dennis Miller to my Wonder Years, Jeremy. I don't know the actor, but I know the show, so. <laughs> How are you doing, Jeremy? I, I consider that a score, man. Every time I know your references, I'm like, yes, okay. Pop culture reference, excellent. You are not so, completely yeah. disconnected. So Daniel Stern was the voice of the narrator of the boy telling the story and he's Fred uh, Savage's uh, adult voice. It's Daniel uh, Stern yeah. who played in Home Alone. Well, and, okay. And you would have to be sixty years old to remember that show anyways. I I know. And exactly. if you are sixteen years old, you you obviously know that that is where everyone's first crush on television came from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was never I, eh. uh, but uh yeah. but yeah. <laughs> Here's so, the yeah. channel. <clears throat> Hi Jeremy, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's been a, a pretty busy week, but I did manage to find a little bit of um, fun time. And there was a new mod released for XCOM 2 War of the Chosen uh, where it's called Covert Infiltration, and it changes up the entire strategy layer of the game. And it basically makes you make a whole lot more meaningful decisions while you're playing the game. And so I started the game, and I got all these mods, and I thought, okay, this is going to be so great. And as soon as I started, there's just this... It gets me every time I play it now. I have to give the soldiers backstories and I have to make them all look cool and make them all distinct and give them all names and nicknames and everything. So I made this rule for myself where as soon as they leveled up from rookie to squatty and they got a class, I would go in and I would think up this backstory and I would just start typing and they let you have 3000 characters. And so I was, I was trying to fill the whole thing and I am currently at 19 characters. <laughs> And it's really cool, though, because this has become a joint project where my wife will sit here and tell me how to design them, and she will critique the story for the backstory for these characters afterwards. So, um, yeah, it's I'm having I've probably only played like an hour and a half of the game. And then <laughs> the other like 30 hours I've spent just writing backstories for these characters. And then when one of them dies, you and your wife console yes. each other in tears. Yeah. Exactly. That's the future. I haven't played enough for any to die yet. <laughs> Fun. It is a blast. I love it. So when you hear Jeremy's reviews in this podcast, keep all that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's Just... what he's been doing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we also have the Bob Saget to my How I Met Your Mother. Jason, how are you doing? I haven't seen that show, but... He was also uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. He what? was. That is what he everyone was. knows him for. <laughs> Even <laughs> I right. know that one. <laughs> there was no other more popular sitcom 
at the same time that nope. he was on. Nobody's heard of Full House. Uh. <laughs> also, he's a great stand-up comedian. I don't know if you've ever heard Bob Saget's comedy. He's very blue. He's very dirty. Oh my um, goodness, he's dirty. Oh yeah, yeah. But he is. He's very funny. Jason, how are you doing? Fantastic. Uh, Skyrim VR went on sale. Um, oh, sweet. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, it did, and I did buy it, but uh, that's oh, not okay. what I hear you talk about. Uh, so my son begged me to try. Okay, he didn't beg me, but he he's been asking me to try uh, Apex Legends. Um, it's a different beast. Like I have a lot of Call of Duty experience now because Troy drugged me into it. <laughs> but man, it's a uh, wrapping your head around the moment to moment decision making is just a completely different beast. But it's a lot of fun. Got my first uh, win the other night, so I'm two wins now. What what would you guys say is the meaningful difference between like Apex Legend and like Fortnite or PUBG or? Uh, Apex is a lot more sci-fi fantasy where you have individual abilities. Um, and then like your Call of Duties is very much an arcade shooter where, um, you can run, like I've seen Troy run into rooms and take out two dudes and then their friend that's coming down the stairs, Troy will then run out, throw a grenade and then take out that dude too. Like (laughs) that's not something you can, you Kind of can, but not really in Apex because mm. of just the dynamics of it. Apex, I would say, takes arena shooter. Like, you can empty a clip into a guy, and you still need to reload and empty two more before he's going to die. So if he has two teammates, you need your two teammates also helping you pour yeah. their clips into a guy. Whereas Call of Duty, four or five bullets, a guy's going down, and you're done. So yeah, you can hit one guy before his friend sees you get his the second guy down. It's interesting. So, uh, it, real quick, in, in Call of Duty, two melees at full hip, full hit points, full she, uh, armor plates will down you. In Apex, it's six to eight <gasps> melee hits. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So Bullet team, sponge. team play Bullet. is much more important. Location and movement, and, and they have a great movement system. So it, it's mm. just yeah. Again, what what's important in the in a fight is not like what you're shooting them with. It's where are you standing and hiding. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. And my name is Troy, and I, I I guess what I did I watched Young Justice. I'd already seen the first two seasons, but I had never gotten around to the third season when it came out. Not and I Patrol movie that came out last night. My my son still doesn't know. <laughs> it's, it's on the front of the app store too. I'm like, no, 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 no. He goes here sometimes. Uh, yeah, uh, no, Young Justice, uh, which was a really great show about the DC superhero sidekicks getting their own, like, if they're not quite, they're bigger than the Teen Titans. They're, they work for the Justice League doing covert black ops. So that way they're, they're not in the limelight uh, of the news and stuff of what they're doing, but then they also get to te- learn their powers and not be directly under, you know, Batman and, um, but it, it ages them up. So like the first season, he's Robin. The second season, he's Nightwing. And the third season, he's retired from Nightwing and has started his own group. Uh, the third season, though, was was really good. Um, they do a great job of, of developing their characters from the whiny teenagers in the first season to to grown men who are then taking on new protégés, new young people into the, the show. Uh, probably one of the better... Uh, especially DC. DC does really good cartoons. Have you guys ever seen um, Justice League? No, Justice League Dark 
Apocalypse War. Um, no. I watched that too. Okay, I've seen clips of that, I think. It is, That's it gore. is insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is about the Justice League that goes to the final battle with Apocalypse, um, and, and it doesn't go well. And, and Constantine is like the main character of the movie, even though it's about Superman and Batman and all those guys, and they lose and they all get possessed. And it is like so many superheroes die in it. It's one of the coolest, uh, DC, DC does really good cartoon cartoon movies. They, they're rated R. They're they're really intense. They're mm-hmm. kind of better than their live action stuff. Except for Suicide Squad, which one? I've seen twice now. Is that the <laughs> same the one system. where the Suicide Squad makes an appearance and they yeah. end up getting absolutely decimated? Yeah, but Killer Shark oh, has yeah. that great moment. <laughs> At the end. Oh. All right, we need to go on. We need to talk about the anime <laughs> watch. <laughs> We watched an anime called Mushoku Tensai Jobless Reincarnation. Uh, this was Jeremy's pick. And before we go into our spoiler section, we'll tell you what we thought of it and if we recommend it. Jeremy, it was your pick, so what do you think? Um, I, I think it's fun. I think it's interesting as an isekai. It definitely has a little bit of a different flavor. I personally really enjoyed it. Um, the main character is a creep. And the show kind of, I mean, that's not hidden. You learn it very quickly. Um, and it does persist, but it does seem to be something that, you know, character development, you got to have a flaw to get over it. So maybe that's something that they're working towards him eventually defeating. It's it's an interesting journey to go on with this character. Uh, the other characters I find really entertaining and funny to watch. Um, I do think it's a bit short, but yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. All right, Jason, what did you think? Um, I have mixed feelings about it. I think there is a great underlying story um, building that can't find its own identity um, because I think it's trying it's trying to fill too many uh, it's trying to check too many boxes. I think, um, and the creepiness factor was a bit off putting. Um, I, I could say take it or leave it. For me, I think this is actually a phenomenal anime that makes some really bad choices. I think the world building is amazing. I think the characters are complex um, and it's beautiful. Some of the animations were just jaw dropping. At the same time, it meanders on its plot, I think, especially we it is an 11 episode season and it's not so later in the season that the plot actually starts in my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the main character's concept brings a very creepy uneasiness to it that we've already mentioned but there's also a a like it's written by a 13 year old sex humor through the whole thing that just doesn't land with me very often and and kind of undersells some of the more serious moments as well i i'm torn on some of those some of them made me laugh some of them i'm like okay we get it um those three things aside and they actually diminished in the second half, and I th- I thought the second half was much better. But those do kind of keep me from being like, this is a top-tier anime. But I did enjoy it at, outside of those elements. All right, uh, your guys' thoughts on the OP and the EDs? Considering there really wasn't an OP, I thought that was a brilliant move. Um, they did a really good job of weaving those first few minutes into introducing what the story is, giving their 
you know, the little small animation of the title. Um, I love the song that they play each time. Um, it's, it's really mellow. Um, and then the, the, oh, the ED changes halfway through, right? I don't know. I stopped watching it again. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember changing. I just remember him like he's always sitting in that broken ruins garden wall type thing, reading his book. And then it ends okay. with him reaching out. Yeah. I, it was, it was okay. Nothing to write home about the ED. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, I thought it was really cool how they would use um, frames, basically, sometimes animated frames where you'd have, like, raindrops or other effects animated over top of the frame um, to show, like you were saying, Jason, about what was going to be happening and what the setting was. But I kind of wonder if this was going to, if this was part of why they only wound up with 11 episodes, right? Because they did wind up having to draw all of these. Does, did that wind up being more work than making one intro that they could just tack on to the beginning? Um, I don't know. It's hard to tell. But it, it is getting a second. Mind. It is getting a second season. Mm. I saw that. Maybe that was, was announced. Maybe it was just COVID that kicked it down to eleven episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. Uh, do, you, do you have thoughts on the ED? I do not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I agree with the OP, just the fact that it kind of set, like, here's where we are and when we are in, in time and life, and just kind of setting the mood of that episode was really cool. Playing the song, but stuff is still happening in the background. I'm still seeing the characters go about daily business and things like that. Um, was really interesting and, and beautiful. And I thought the ED, if nothing else, was flawlessly animated. It was, it was pretty. So I liked it. All right, let's go on to everyone's favorite part, the spoiler section, when Jason will no longer mention Path of Exile for the rest of the... No. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> no, so I did are... mention it once this episode. <laughs> and let me tell you, Cirrus kicked my butt today. Okay. <laughs> so from here on out, spoilers yeah. about the anime, characters, plot, all that stuff is, is, is going to be uh, said out loud. So if you were listening... Be ready to be spoiled. Uh, so, our anime... Two million DPS. ...starts... <laughs> on cares. ...with a man getting hit by a bus. And we hear his inner monologue as he's rushed to the hospital. They talk about how heavy he is. This man... I, we got to comment on it, because this is our main character. He will be our main character, uh, Rudius, who I'll call Rudy. Um... But he is animated in a trope style for anime that tells you bad creep, right? Otaku yes. creep. Um, the kind of guy you don't want sitting next to your main characters on the bus because he might get gropey or something. Yep. Uh, he's fat. He's, he's uh, slovenly. He's, he's clearly spends a lot of time in front of a computer monitor. Now, nothing mm. against anyone that's like that. That's my brand, right? Uh, <laughs> 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 I take offense, but. But that's that's the trope there. They, they and they went in hard. It's not like uh, Subaru, who's like, oh, I'm an otaku shut in, but I'm also super athletic and I'm super friendly and nice and outgoing. Uh, this is this is the bad version of the otaku according to tropes. So that's what we see. He dies, and, and they then... pull no punches with this guy either. No. Like when it comes to establishing his character and his personality traits. They fit in line with that trope. It's not even just like the art portrayal. They they fully flesh that out. Uh, and 
he is born anew as a baby. And when he our... dies, he's 20. Is that right? 34. 30. Oh, he's 30. 34. Uh, by the time he's like six or seven, he says, I'm a man in my 40s. So... Yes, exactly. And I, I'll like I'll mention when we're talking about him, I'll just say he's a 40 year old man because a lot of the time of what he's doing, that's a, generally would fit. Um, I don't know always exact years. Uh, this is our main character. He starts as a brand new baby boy, but we're going to watch him as he goes through the first 10 years of his life. Uh, your guys' thoughts on Rudeus. Um, so much. Where to begin? <laughs> yeah. well, um, are, are we start talking with about the... him as one character, or are we going to split him up and talk about who he is before and who he is after? Because it does kind of change. And, and this is this is what I'll say at the get go, right? Um, while you think about that, Troy, it, this anime had an amazing opportunity to tell a really great coming of age story. For somebody that's been an otaku for 40 years, getting a chance to have that coming of age story again. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that happening or it's in process, but man, I, I just don't feel the anime did a good job telling that story if that's where they're going. Mm-hmm. But I was hoping that's where it was going. I was really hoping they were going to tell because like that would not excuse the things I don't like about this character, but it would make sense that we've got this really creepy old dude that then gets to go, oh, I'm learning these lessons over again, and I get a new shot at life. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a brilliant way to like go about it, and I don't feel that we got that story. I think we're in the middle of that story. Um, I mean, this, I, uh, I looked it at... It needed to be 24 episodes. Well, yeah, but like This you were first saying... season needed to be 24. Oh, I do agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and with with the pacing that they took, because Troy is mm-hmm. right, absolutely right. Until epi- the end of episode eight, the anime doesn't even get going. So if you're going to yeah. take that long to establish your character, your first twelve episode twelve episodes needs to be that that particular thing, and then the rest of the other twelve episodes are to end your first season. But, yeah, and I I, 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 I think that's my that. biggest criticism about this character is I still don't like him. Yeah. Hi, Jeremy. What are your thoughts? Well, what I was thinking is it's when you're looking at a character like this, a lot of the stuff that I've read about in psychology just floods into my mind about the type of character that this is. Um, when you have somebody who experiences a traumatic event when they're young, that can imprint them at that age. So mentally, especially if they start manifesting behaviors that are different from what you would see in a person who is continuing to develop into adulthood, um, it can lock them in. And that's kind of how I see him is that um, he kind of locked his mind in at the year where he experienced his trauma and he got stuck. Now, that doesn't excuse anything that he was doing, of course. Um, I wouldn't argue that. But when you take somebody like that and then you slap him into an, the, the mind or the body of an infant and now he's got to depend on adults and he's got to behave like an infant and behave like a toddler and learn the language and he's got you know he's incapable of actually physically doing anything on his own there's already a perversion that he has started to establish it's only going to be exacerbated during that period of time and so then 
seeing him try to differentiate. There's times where he refers to himself as a 40 year old, a 40 year old guy. And there's other times where he calls himself boy. Like he's having problems in his own head differentiating between the character that he's manifested as for like six to eight years, 10 years by the end of the anime versus who he was those 30 years before. And so I think that there's enough complexity there because it is a weird fantasy setting and weird things are happening that I'm interested to see where they are going to go with him. But again, that doesn't remove the creepy aspect. You're absolutely right. It is creepy. And, um, and it is like the things that he does are inexcusable, but I think that that's being honest to the type of character that he is, uh, the person that they wrote him as. And so I do find that interesting to, to watch that character develop. I think I agree with that. I think the hardest part of that is he's a main protagonist, so I'm both to, mm. to root for him and then to see him do inexcusable acts is like, and mm-hmm. there, there's a history of lecherous characters in anime that I like. Uh, Moroku from Inuyasha, and it's less so now. It doesn't really fit in modern times as well. You know, it, it was given more of a pass. Uh, but, uh, Master Roshi. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it works better with young kids and old men. Uh, but yeah, the, then there's guys like Konosuba flirts with that line. But then again, that's a character you're kind of supposed to also hate love. Yeah. This one just didn't feel like they got it right to me. But I do enjoy everything else about the character. The the man child in a child mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is is very interesting. Um, getting that second chance. And like you said, they're very looking at the naked truths of of kind of the person he was. I mean, the second episode starts with a flashback of him having self-love at while his parents' funeral reception is happening downstairs. Like, um, he, and blatant, like, not even like, oh, subtly hinting is like, no, this is what this guy was doing. Um, but then he's trying to become a better person. And one thing I loved about this character that a lot of Isakai don't do when he, the first time he saw a, a person die. And he's freaked out and his, his value for life, um, was really refreshing in Isakai. We see so many people like, I'll just blow everybody up. I'm the powerful guy. And then there's Overlord where, you know, I lost my soul. Whoops. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is really refreshing. So there, there's a lot about this character I like. The creepiness and we're, we'll go into the, I think, I don't think the debate is going to be over here. I think as we go through each item, we'll be talking about, you know, how that fit with him, but. Speaking about the character himself, he is interesting, and I do like Watch Fun, even though, honestly, when I first started this, I'd be like, that's my nightmare. Having my adult mind in a baby's body, I gotta poop myself, I can't, I have no self, I have no control. <laughs> um, like solitary confinement for right, years. It, that would be, that would be insane. Mm-hmm. And this guy's like, oh, I'm, I'm enjoying exploring the world. I'd be like, get me out of this body! <laughs> yes. Um, but it, it tries to make it a fun experience for the character. And I guess that's fine. We kind of skip past a lot of those early years that would have been nightmarish. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the, and this is the last point I'll make on this is that you make a really, a lot of great points, Troy. Like there, there are a lot of great 
there is the makings of a really great character here. The problem is, is that the creepiness is spread out at such a regular pace that every time I get over the last one and I start rooting for him, he does something that is unacceptable in my view. Um, and I, I go, okay, it feels like the animators and the storyteller, or well, not the animators, but the, the writer was like, oh, this is funny and okay because he's a boy. But it's like, no, that's a 40 year old dude in there. That's, and we haven't learned this lesson yet. Like if, if we had had those beginning and then somewhere before episode 11, he came to this realization of, oh, this isn't okay anymore. I probably could have got turned around on this character, but that's just, that. that's how I feel. Yeah. I don't know if he'll ever have the revelation that it's okay, nope. that it's not okay for him to like, you know, be creepy, shall we say? <laughs> um, but I do think that his uh, interests will lie in the age that his physical body is at any given time. So I think that's part of the creepiness factor right now. I think when he's older, probably will gravitate towards the same people that are his age at that point, And then it won't be seen as weird because they're going to be in their twenties or thirties or whatever they happen to be at that time. There is also something to say about just the way he views women for his, his friendship with self is a great example. Like, Oh, this is my bro. This is my dude. I love hanging out with him. The second he finds out self is a female. Oh, I hope I get the beggar. <laughs> Like, yeah, it was instant, instant. Like, wait, that's your best friend who you had no feelings for up till this very moment. Doesn't even have a female form in your opinion. Well, I Said, mean, I, I do think there's room for argument there because he kept saying like two or three times he talked about how attractive Sylph was. And then he just kept saying, I mean, for a dude. Right. But he could tell that there was this attraction that he had for this other guy. But that's not what he's ever been interested in. And so, um, so I think this was like a restriction got removed because in his mind, that was more of a restriction, I guess, than the age, which is very bad, but yeah. I, I still, I still think the point stands that he, he, he can't see this person as just a person. This person, if it's female has to be possibly bangable <laughs> to him. Yep. There are people like that. Which is funny that he was then born to Paul, but we haven't got to him yet. Yeah, I know. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, <right>. kidding. <laughs> so yeah, he, he is born. The, the line that gave me like this red flag was, um, I got to suck on her boobies, but I didn't get that excited because I, probably because she's my mom. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> who wrote that? It was like, this is good. This is a good thing this for a, a good character line. to say out loud with your audience to him. Um, I had, I laughed. I laughed. I thought it was so ridiculous and crazy. So he he's so creepy that as a baby, the maid yeah. refuses to be around him for most of See, his childhood. That makes me laugh. Okay, I don't know. Does that make me a creep? Because I think it's funny. It's funny. Um. No, no comment. Um, <laughs> so it was he's, what I always knew. <laughs> he's born to the Gray Rat family, and we meet his parents, whose names are Paul, who is a swordsman, and Zenith, who is a mage. He doesn't know this. He thinks he's born into Europe, 
And it isn't until like he's two and bangs his head and his mom uses a healing spell on him. He figures out, oh, this is not Europe. <laughs> this is <laughs> not Earth. <laughs> I'm not I'm not in the living in the boondocks of Europe. I'm living in, in another world. Uh, thoughts on Paul and Zenith? I think Paul's a scumbag and Zenith is too forgiving. Um, Agreed. <laughs> besides that debacle, I actually really enjoyed these characters. Um, Zenith, I guess not so much because she, she's not front and center too much. Um, you know, there's, there's some key pinnacle scenes. You know, she's mom, but like we don't spend a lot of time with her. Um, Paul's a fantastic character until episode four. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, I'm actually interested to hear more about his, um, days before he was married. Yeah, his escapades. <laughs> he seems to be even more of a scumbag than we yes. think he is. Yep. Yep. I, I got a kick out of Paul. Um, and then, like you say, there's a lull at episode four, and it's a deep lull. But, um, but I did, I did start laughing at his escapades and i did start finding him to be an entertaining character afterwards especially you know there's a point and you mentioned it in the in the pre-show i believe where there's a particular letter that he wrote and it's very well put together heartfelt and he's doing the right thing um and you really you really start to feel that sympathy for him that maybe kind of disappeared for a little while (laughs) but uh but yeah i i agree otherwise with both zenith I don't know. She didn't make a huge impression on me. Um, yeah, that's all I can say. Yeah, Paul definitely gets more of the the screen time. I, I actually, my big thing about Zenith is I wish we could have seen her be more awesome because she was a mage in there in the adventure mm-hmm. same adventure party as Paul. She must have you know be pretty good at what she does, and it would have been nice to see her kick some butt as well, which I would assume probably will happen. I, I think there's room for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, I saw someone say Paul is both the best and the worst dad all at the same time. He's, and that, that explains, he's a, he's a dichotomy, right? He is yeah. awesome and he is awful at the same time. And it, I honestly, like, when you find out that Paul is awful, we, mm-hmm. we, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, it hurt. I was like, this is my yeah. favorite character and it hurt. But now I'm kind of like, bravo for kind of having the balls to ruin a character, make him complex yeah. and flawed. Uh, you know, Jeremy, you, you've pointed out a few times that these are very, all very flawed characters. And I, and I do like that. Um, you know, whereas most anime would just be like, awesome dad. I was kind of hoping yeah. we were going to look at what parenting could do for our main character after his life before. Um, but. They don't go down that route. Very much Rudy considers himself fully raised and grown and not needing parents, but he respects them for at least feeding him and being there for him and being mentors for learning about the world. But he's clearly not a child to them in his mind. Yeah, I kind of love how both Paul and Zenith are a little creeped out by Rudy because he, you know, he was just he never cried. He was way too smart for his age. He, you know, and. Uh, to your point, Troy, I was really hoping that Zenith would have caught him practicing magic much, much earlier and been like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome, and started training him. Like, that would have been um, fantastic. 
And I mean, it's crazy to think that he was only four when she finally caught him. So like, what would that have been if she caught him before that? Right. But I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, this, this, oh man, I had something I was going to say, but I forgot it. But anyways, I agree with everything you've said. It's all wonderful and perfect. (laughs) All right. So by the time he's two years old and, you know, is mobile and you really need to watch a kid that's two years old closer when they're that mobile, uh, he decides, I'm going to teach myself magic. So he finds the only five books in the whole house and they're magic tomes and he teaches himself to read. Of course, it's not English or, or Japanese. Um, it's whatever foreign language. So he's, he's learning how to speak it, how to read it. And once he learns how to read, then he starts learning how to do magic. He learns, and one thing that makes is, I love that this character isn't OP, but because he's not trained in conventional ways, a lot of their in-grain teachings don't hold him back. Like, he reads, hey, your mana level will always be the same your entire life. And then as he starts learning magic, he's like, no, my mana's increasing. I'm clearly getting stronger and and getting more mana. Um and also, also just like, uh, the, he, he, he does the spell the first time and then he's like, okay, I can do the spell without saying the words. And that's not something anyone else can do because they've all been said, you have to say words to do spells. And he's, he just never was told that. So because he self teaches magic, he actually has taken shortcuts and, and is growing more than the average mage. Um, at first he's just making water droplets and then he figures out how to actually fire them and make them change distance. Uh, as he continues to grow older and then he fires this intermediate water ball spell that takes out of the, the wall and flies <laughs> across the horizon. And this is when his mom and dad realize our three year old can read and do intermediate magic spells. Uh, their reaction to this is Zenith is like, Oh, we're getting him a, a, a magic teacher. Like that's <laughs> happening. And Paul's like, No, a, we said a boy would be a swordsman. He's got to be a swordsman. Nope. He has to do both now. Look how good he is at magic. Um, and so they decide to hire a magic teacher. Oh, also, I should mention that there's a maid that lives in this house. It's going to be important. Yeah. <laughs> Her name is Lilia. Uh, Trey, you made a really good point um, about him not being OP. And actually, I really enjoyed that because he does end up getting source trainings. But as we find out throughout the anime, he's really bad at it. Yeah, yeah, he is. I think I think my favorite thing though is um, when he teaches Sylph and she's able to do magic without saying the words. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, so cool. it wasn't like I'm born special. It was like oh I just figured this thing out that everyone is you know follows the dogma and so they didn't realize. But literally anyone could do what I do if they just didn't follow that dogma. Um, well, and so it, it makes it gives them a reason to have a leg up without being the chosen one. Yeah. Exa- exactly. Um, it makes me curious whether that has anything to do with her elven heritage, too, because Roxy tries to do it and, and doesn't. But, I mean, obviously, he hasn't taken the time to try to describe it to her and walk her through the process. She's just trying to figure it out on her own. Right. But, uh, and, and Roxy also has a lifetime of being taught one way, whereas yeah. Self is just starting to. So, But, yeah, you could be right. Mm-hmm. There could be other stuff behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we meet Roxy, who is... The, we find out a 40-year-old woman <laughs> Perfect. Uh, who looks like a, a young teenage girl um, uh, who has holy and, relics. Anyway, yes. <laughs> she's his magic teacher. Uh, your thoughts on the character Roxy? Uh, 
It took me a long I, time to realize what her holy relic was when he kept talking about it. <laughs> I actually really enjoy this character. Um, well put together. Uh, it, her experience with Rudeus uh, opens her eyes to the fact that she can still get better. And she does uh, as a mage, which I, fa- I found that really surprising that um, they went that way, which I was really happy with. Um and she doesn't take abuse because she'll give it right back in the form of flames. Mm-hmm. Of course, that doesn't happen with Rudius because Rudius right. is all talk and he's too young to really be an issue. But, um, yeah, Roxy was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, she's she's got a very um, she she, of course, brings uh, the major topic to the anime, which is this other demon race that everybody's afraid of. She's kind of the catalyst to bringing that up and explaining it. Um, but I was kind of like, I laughed at first when I saw her because I'm like, okay, so first other character you introduce is going to be a, a, a young, attractive, blue-haired demon girl. How, this is so predictable. But they actually made her an interesting character, and, and, and uh, I'm surprised that they stuck with her through the entire season. Like, in the last scene, she's in it. I did not expect that. Um, so, that was pretty cool. Yeah, she definitely seems like a major player in the greater scale of his life, just very sh- short in the section we get to see right now. Um, mm-hmm. um, the the creepy parts about her that the anime had to do, again, we're told she's a young teenager because from rudy's point of view he is he catches her um there's a lot of self-love in this anime and he sees that (laughs) because uh, because his parents are loud too Um, i'm laughing because i've never heard it called that but please carry on (laughs) and he's like oh she's in the throw of adolescence so i'm like oh she's like a 14 year old 15 year old girl and then we find out later no demons just age really slowly she's somewhere in the 30 40s at this point um, even though her mother looks exactly the same as she yeah. does, her mother's like two hundred as a hundred years old. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's she's good. I wish she might have stood up for herself a little bit more, but I did like that she kind of gets down about her own magic, but uses that to repel herself to get better. When we find out later, she's she's excelling thanks to to him, and, and she kind of gives him the inspirational push he needs. What's really weird about this anime is. She helps resolve like one of his major mm. character arcs in two episodes. And again, That's what I was going to talk about before. That's what I was going to mention is when you said it should have been 24 episodes, these two episodes and getting over this issue that he has, this trauma, just two episodes is not enough to get over that, in my opinion. It, it's... Again, the call to action, I, I keep raging on this. The call to action doesn't happen until episode eight. Uh, that's important in a story. That's what starts the hero's journey. It happens in episode eight, but the character resolves a major issue in their character arc in episode two. It's so backwards and weird. And maybe they're just like, hey, let's play with the formula. Let's see what happens. But it's so against what you're supposed to do that I, it, it grates on me. I, I did not like it. I'm glad he got over it, but there was no personal struggle of getting over it. There was just sit on this horse and we're going over yeah. it. Okay, moving on. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it would have actually served a nice... Uh, um, objective for him to surmount, some ordeal for him to surmount, for that to be the entire first season. Just let's see him growing up and let's see him going through the process of breaking the mold of the character that he was before so we can see some uh, meaningful change. It would have been a different sort of call to action, like solve your own problems before you go trying to save the world. Yep. Um, Jason, any thoughts before we keep going? No, I Roxy was a great character. I actually really like her. And, and I I think we mentioned, but Roxy is a demon. She's from the demon race. Um, and she's the one who tells him about the Superd and how dangerous of a demon race they are. Uh, a year passes. He's become a competent mage. He also does learn sword fighting from his father. He tends to not do great. But also his super trained father is beating up on like a six-year-old <laughs> and he's like, why aren't you defending yourself? Because he's got tiny arms and tiny legs. <laughs> what do you of course, want? of course, we do see that this is the standard because Ghislaine does the same thing to Elise. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, no, you step in with a swish. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, we also learned about the Academy of Magic. Roxy's like, you know, you're so good at this. You should go to the Academy of Magic and, and learn there and it's a great place everyone's welcome it doesn't matter what race you are it doesn't matter you just go there and you can learn magic but he is afraid to leave his home again because he was a shut-in as a grown man in his real life regular original life i don't know how to say that old life that's First better he was bullied <laughs> at school and so now he doesn't want to go outside ever and it's kind of bled into his adult life now and, and bullied badly is, bullied. like yeah. yeah like he was uh stripped naked and then tied to a fence so everybody could laugh at him Plus, and apparently, and apparently had a weird shaped uh, yeah. hand part, according, yeah. to, according to his own narration. <laughs> yep, yep. I, I've seen weird ones, man. I get you. I had one myself. What? <laughs> yeah. Who wrote this? <laughs> um, his fifth birthday arrives, and in this world, they only celebrate birthdays by five. So this is his first birthday party. He gets a sword from his dad. He gets a spellbook from his mom and his teacher roxy gives him a wand she's like i was actually supposed to give this to you a long time ago <laughs> uh when we first started uh but i had forgotten because you would dance so fast and it's also important to note at this point that when you are 15 years old you're considered an adult in this world presumably because people die so young um but this does anyone, become a major does anyone factor. does anyone else say that besides eris uh yes roxy says that okay and also, he says it when he's narrating about the birthdays. Okay. I, I completely missed it. And when Eris said it, I was like, that's a weird number to give for being an adult. But yeah. when you said that, I was like, I'll bet that's somewhere else and I just missed it. And I was Wait, like, which uh, number was the adult? 15. 15. 15. Yep. Um, On your third birthday. <laughs> Don't count it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and so Roxy decides he needs to graduate. So this is where she forces him to leave the house. And, you know, he thinks, oh, my God, I'm going to get laughed at and all his trauma comes up. But then he realizes that the lunches are nice and Ro they are all nice to Roxy, who demons are kind of looked down upon in, in this human land. Um, and yet she's now, after these few years tutoring him, been welcomed as a member of the village and is well liked. And he's like, oh, I guess that's just not how things things aren't as bad as I thought they were. And he gets over his trauma. 
And then they go do the graduation test, which is she shows him basically cast a hurricane. <laughs> and she electrocutes their horse. Yeah, she kills her horse and has to heal it. Yeah. And then he does it. Don't tell tongue. your parents. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, See, it was that's... little touches like that that made me yeah. really appreciate the show. Like, why would you do that? You didn't have to do that, but it adds a lot of flavor. And it is consistent with Roxy's character. She she breaks stuff. She she when her, she first shut off her power, she's like, look how strong I am. Breaks a tree. That's my mom's favorite yeah. tree. Exactly. <laughs> Whoops. Um, yeah, so you know, she she's kind of a a screw up. And I like that. Uh his spell was bigger than hers, and she's like, Well you didn't have to do that. <laughs> and he didn't do the full incantation, is that right? Yeah. No, he, that was this, the previous one. This one he did. When she first was teaching him, oh. he couldn't remember the full incantation, so he like said it and then kind of <laughs> and did the spell. She's like, wait, <laughs> you didn't do a full incantation. How'd you do that? Actually, I don't need to do any of the incantation. Because he was like, I'm going to keep it a secret. And then he can't. Which I also like, because I thought like, ah, here we go. And then yeah, right immediately right. tearing the bandage off. And, okay, good. Good. Moving on. Yep. Um... She then decides to leave and gives him a amulet to remember her by. Um, he reaches saint level of water mage. Jeremy, what's the what's the levels? Yeah, uh, so skill. The these sub, are skill levels for any yeah. skill you have. Yes, in the subs they called it sacred for some reason, but it's uh, it goes divine, it goes beginner, intermediate, advanced, saintly slash holy slash sacred kingly imperial or emperor and then divine god very important that we get these right yeah and do not forget emperor <laughs> do not forget emperor <laughs> that's an inside joke sorry uh he reaches saint level of water mage um and she leaves <laughs> i love paul's like sorry our son made you feel bad about your own magic oh <laughs> why did you say that <laughs> Um, so now Rudy journeys out into the outside world around his village and he's exploring the, the local plant life with a book and he sees these bullies picking on a little demon kid, goes and saves him, uh, using his water bullets to blast them in the face and make them run away. And then, uh, is like, wow, this, this little boy is very good looking and good looking for the girls. Good looking for the guys. At one point he's like bend over and he does. He's like, Oh, see the guys would really like him. And I was like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> well, and I noticed that he, what he kept saying was, I want to stick with this kid because when he grows up, he's gonna all get the girls ladies. are going to come for her, for him. And then I'll maybe get one or two. Uh, he, he learns it. Uh, not, this is Sylph, or, it's actually Sylphie, I don't know. Right. She left off, she left, it's a she. She left off the yeah. E when she said her name. Uh, it's Sylphie. Uh, she, um, she's actually half elf, half human, which gives her green hair, which makes everyone think she's one of the demon races that everyone's afraid of back everywhere, the, the, the superbs. They are superb. Uh, um, <laughs> they play, and then, <laughs> Selfie wants to learn magic, so he agrees to be her teacher. When he goes home that night, Paul is upset about the the mother of the kid who had been the bully came home with a black eye. The mom came in and complained to Paul. Paul thinks his son went out and beat someone up. 
and he starts yelling at Rudy, and Rudy's like a 40-year-old man <laughs> who's been arguing out of BS my whole life. I- I'm winning this. Uh, gets t- Calls him out for, like, you're not even listening to my side of the story. Gets slapped by Paul. And this was like, wait, I thought this was like a really cool, awesome dad guy. <laughs> he just right. struck his son. Um, and then, and Rudy calls him out. He's like, yeah, you, you, apparently we don't protect the weak and we don't be heroic and we just slap kids around. <laughs> and, and he gets Paul to apologize. And then, uh, when they go in, Paul's like, man, I guess this is like what happened with my dad or why my dad was bad. Apparently he had a bad fatherhood and first signs of trouble with Paul. Yeah. yeah. First signs that he's, he may not be all that he has appeared to be so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he's a bit he, impulsive. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> so more training with Sophie doing magic and they get caught in a rainstorm and he takes her to his house and is like, let's take a bath. Oh, look, if you've seen any anime anywhere ever and you knew where this was going, especially he's like, undress and she's covering up her chest. And it's like, well, yeah, a boy doesn't do that ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And tricks her, forces her to strip nude and freaks her out. And Paul comes in and catches him, yells at him, scolds him. He goes down to apologize and says, I, I'm sorry I made you get naked. You look like a boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just makes things worse. Uh, and but Paul keeps giving him advice and eventually they do make up and decide to be friends. And he's like, Oh, I kind of wish we were going to be more than that, but I guess he'll just be my friend now. I love Paul's reflection when he's like, did I just give my son dating advice? He's four. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Paul is not the only one who does it though. So many people are like, dude, you want a condom? I don't think Paul was the weird one. I think this world, honestly, you got I, think it. The right, I think the writer's messed up, but yeah, the world I, is messed up. Yeah, I think the writer has created a world that behaves more along the lines of what you would have seen in medieval Europe than it does along the lines of where we are as a society today. Because they were marrying kids off younger than 15. Sure. Yeah, no, younger than... I want to watch that. (laughs) No, I totally agree. I'm just saying that he's telling a story that fits into that environment. And just like with not pulling punches on the character, it I don't know. There is a certain degree of I respect... I respect when you've made a decision to try and stick to a certain type of, like, genre or storytelling. And I don't know. That's part of his setting. The the flaw then is that it's also used as a joke. I could see that. But at the same time, you have somebody from our setting. So you already have your person in there that's seeing it as a joke. Right? I don't know. It's just, it's, it's uncomfortable. But I think that that is, um, it's good that it's uncomfortable because we've moved past that as a society. It shouldn't be something we're comfortable with. Right. But um, I, I do think it's interesting. It's kind of like when I watch uh, any kind of uh, period drama or anything that has slavery or anything in it, right? Like, it makes you uncomfortable to see those things. But 
you still will watch it. Right, but then if they were also using slavery as a punchline, that would kind of be Yeah, you got worse. me there. <laughs> you got me there. It's not a Mel Brooks movie. But, but <laughs> right, I, right. I, I, can, I, can, I can fully admit that it's a lot of gray, because it's not like our morality ever really planned for a 40-year-old to be in a 10-year-old body. Right. Um, it, it, it reminds me of, of what happened on Loki recently. Sorry if that's a spoiler for anyone, but you know, we don't know what if making out with yourself from an alternate universe is considered immoral or not, but when it makes me feel squeamish, it does, but also I can't say, well, yeah, we clearly as a society look down upon multiverse s I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. What is uh, that? And so again, this is something that's not really clearly defined in morality because he is a young boy, but he's also not a young boy. Mm-hmm. It just leaves me uncomfortable, though. And and again, because there's also wink, wink, joke, joke about it, it makes it a little harder. Mm-hmm. And they had been like, "This is a harsh world where ten-year-olds get sold and, or become brides, and that's just the hard life of it." Um, I could say, well, you know. Vinland Saga, when, when they're overly brutal about stuff, I was like, you know, the Viking time stuff was brutal. I can go with that. So I, I get your point, and I think I I, it, I don't think there's anything wrong if you don't aren't bothered by it again because I think it's in a gray area. But I, I also, for myself, mm-hmm. it, it was not a selling point. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, they're friends. Oh, uh, thoughts on Sylphie. I liked her as a character. Um, She added to the story and wasn't in it a ton. (laughs) So uh, for the episodes she was in, uh, I liked it. And it'll be interesting to see her come back because obviously that's going to be a plot point. I just really want to see a scene where all these girls who he's falling in love with all slap him at the same time for not just picking one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, but I think, that, I think about everywhere. that. I think about that in every harem anime. Yeah, it's kind of leading into harem. At least it's not all harem at the same time. It's like he goes, right. he falls in love with one girl, she leaves. He falls in love with another girl, he leaves. Falls in love with another girl, and then he's like, "Oh wait, don't I kind of have this girl I wanted to someday be boyfriends with?" Mm-hmm. All right. I don't. It, I personally don't get the panty thing, so all of the, those jokes just didn't land with me. Yeah, I don't get it, but at the same time, like, it's funny. <laughs> like, yeah, it's I don't... one of the reasons I hated comic artists, but anyways. Yeah. Only panty joke that landed with me was when the maid was going to send it for his 10th birthday. Because yes. he had made the comment, I forgot the holy relic. And then she's like holding this box. She's like, something that he used to love every night. Right. Ugh. Now, you guys watched it in a dub, right? Because I keep hearing lines that are just. Different enough yeah. that they. Yeah. Okay. It was on Hulu, which is uh, nice. Oh. It's also on Funimation. There's also a scene where Paul walks in and he's like making out with his pillow yes. and doing more. There is so much of that kind of stuff in this. More than any anime I think I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. Speaking of. It's time for the hammer of the beginning of episode four. Jason saw this yeah. first and then was like, my God. And I'm like, what could it be? And I was like, my God. And then Jeremy <laughs> saw it. Holy moly. Yes. 
so uh Zenith is pregnant. So is the maid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they're both by Paul. And and it's just like the episode starts with Zenith like, hey, we're going to have our second child. And the maid's like, also, I need to tell you guys something. I am pregnant as well. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's this anime. I, what, Paul is my favorite character. He's uh, a horrible, horrible person. Jeez, Louise. Uh, mm-hmm. Thoughts? Your guys' thoughts. I, I'm, I'm stealing all the spotlight on the, the big twist. It... <clears throat> I, I didn't like that story point, but s- since we're going to go with it, I thought the resolution of it was the fairest, but all, like in this world, but also kind of awkward. And then like, what are we just going to forgive and forget? Okay. I mean, that, that's cool if that's what you want to do. And Zenith's a stronger person for doing it. Um, but then how does that dynamic work? Like, she obviously still lives with them. Um, so <laughs> Paul, I can't keep doing it with her. <laughs> Wait, I have to stop, Paul. Paul. <laughs> yeah, th- this to me was it was fascinating because this was the first time that we really got exposed to Paul being sort of a. a um, an Paul. unfaithful sexual deviant. <laughs> yes. And, um, and so it was incredibly abrupt and really painful because, yeah, just like you guys, I really loved this character. Now, I still, even after the fact, especially by the end of the anime, I still find him to be a really entertaining character. But in this moment, it was just like, oh, God, Paul, I hate you. Why did you do this, man? I, but, uh huh. I, I think this scene sets up perfectly. The later jokes that land about his, yes. uh, uh, infamy. Yeah. Yes. His infamy amongst the community at large yes. that, yes. who yes. know him. Uh huh. And what I was thinking was I did, I could not for the life of me understand why the maid just blurted that out instead of using her opportunity. I mean, if you think about the level of cunning that you usually see in animes, you're going to see a little bit of intrigue, right? This would have been an interesting opportunity where she could have like blackmailed Paul to give her money to go back somewhere. You know, that, that didn't happen. It was like, Hey, all the cards on the table just, and the result of that, she expected to be sent on her way, which was like a month's journey where she or the baby would probably die. So like, I don't know that whole situation to me smelled like it should have had more cunning but was too innocent and everybody just got over it and accepted it too quickly. And so that leads me to believe that not only for the purpose of the jokes, but also for the purpose of having these two little girls that are growing, that are going to grow up. And at first I thought that they were going to play a major part in the development of this character. And and I told you guys in the chat, I was like, no, no, he does not need two little sisters. No, no. But of course he gets separated from them very quickly. But, um, but I, I think it was entirely just so that we could have these two other young female characters that are going to show up and will come back into the story later and be important. And I'm, I'm, it's fine, but I'm a little bit sad about that because this part of the storytelling, I think, suffered for setting a route for them. Um, I think maybe it should have been 
could have been done a little bit differently. I guess my my biggest issue was um, uh, Asia, who is the maid's chet daughter um, with Paul. And like the first time we see her, she's already in a maid outfit. <laughs> I was like, no way, no way do you make your own child something. And I, they didn't really show Paul really interacting with that child. And I'm like, wait, are you just like, hey, you just magically came in the world and had to be were born their maid. OK. Or is she a member of the family? And they talk in this scene like you're a member of the family and the, the way Rudy's solution to smooth this all over is oh i i heard paul raped her so yeah right that fixed it <laughs> what? like i did not understand how he got to the conclusion that that would but i guess it does make sense that he's basically putting all the blame well, on paul so that she'd see sympathy right seems like it could have been more cunning all right um so yeah paul beats him up with a sword later um <laughs> <in training. Yeah. laughs> but this is when the maid's like Wow, that kid always creeped me out, but I guess he is a good person after all, since he lied about his dad raping me when I was the one who seduced him. Because <laughs> I because I had to listen to them do it every night, and I was like, I'm going to get mine. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, uh, she, she bathed her 80-year-old body when Paul could see her. We need to talk about butts in this anime. We don't talk about butts very often oh, on this hi. podcast. Whoever is oh, animating God. this anime has never seen a human butt <laughs> or has only seen old people pancake butts. <laughs> it's yes. the weirdest looking butt. And there's another butt that shows up later. There are no good looking no. posteriors in this anime. It yeah. blew my mind. Every female is drawn super attractive. Mm-hmm. And then they have scenes where like, oh, there's their butt. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> yes. I have never been repulsed <laughs> that badly by a female rear before. Wow. Sir Mix-a-Lot would not approve, sir. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, like, oh, not that one. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, Rudy, starts considering going to the Magic Academy. He then tells Sylvie, who's like, don't you leave me. You're my best friend. And she cries on him. So he's like, I, I guess I could just live in this village and grow up with Sylvie, and, and that'll be a great life. And then he gets a letter from Roxy, who's like, hey, I got better. You should go do better. Uh, oh, yeah, this is where Paul catches him with the pillow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so he decides he's uh, – he, he wants to go to school, so he goes to Paul and says, can you send me and Sylvie to school? Will you please pay for it? I, I don't want to leave her behind. And he's like, no, we're – well off but we're not that rich and also you're still just a kid that's kind of an insane request for you to ask right now and you don't really know what selfie wants and so he's like well then can i have a job so i can earn the money to pay for her to go to school when i'm old enough to go to school and you pay for me to go to school and paul's like that i can do i can make that happen so the way that happens is an old adventuring party a member of the uh paul and Zena's party shows up her name is Glane. She's a beast woman. She's a cat girl. Uh, with, um, literally. Yeah. <laughs> she's drawn very big. And what are you guys' thoughts on Ghislaine? I, I actually really like this character. Um, very, very, think of your stereotypical D and D barbarian. And then that's 
Gislaine in female form, but a swordsman instead of carrying a two-handed axe. Um, and actually, it's really it's really hilarious because in a in a min, like in a few scenes, he'll be reading a note from his dad where Paul goes, "You might have to explain things to her because her brain has turned to a bicep." <laughs> And it um, pisses her off so bad. Right? But if there's an overpowered character in this anime so far, it's definitely this character. She's, um, holds her own, but I love that she's interested in, uh, later on, basically going back to basics when it comes to just school. Um, that, that's really cool that they did that with this character, so. But yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed Gizlane. And not because the way she's dressed, because yes, she's, not fully clothed, but it's muscle on top of muscle. <laughs> yeah. And then a little something else. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I really like this character as well. She's, she's funny, but she's also, um, everybody else is so, uh, exaggerated and silly and energetic. And she's just kind of this omnipresent, um, toned down for the entire scene, right? Like, whenever she's there, she's calm, she's observing everything, and doesn't really express emotion. But then if you, if you do something that triggers her, oh man, does she go nuts, like you were saying, in the barbarian way. Um, but she can come right out of it just as easily, too. Like, with that moment where he's like, yeah, my dad says that you, you have a bicep for a brain, but it's a, it's a joke, Gisling. She's like, oh, okay. And she sits back down. <laughs> like, she has that supreme control over her rage. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed uh, what this character brought to the table. Yeah, uh, especially the the point Jason made about her wanting to just get education so that she can mm-hmm. be a you know do better in the world. Yeah, she can fight just fine, but she can't negotiate payments. She doesn't know how much she's getting paid or and <laughs> simple math. She ate. <laughs> yeah, crap to survive. Yes. <laughs> um. I also love that to her, Paul is this huge scumbag, but she did sleep with him, though, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Paul. She yeah. doesn't seem to have much morals when it comes to that area, though. No, none whatsoever, it seems like. Yeah. Um, so when she shows up in a wagon, uh, Paul suddenly attacks uh, Rudy and chases him around the yard and then knocks him out. And when Rudy wakes up, he has a letter um, that Ghislaine hands him and he has to read for her. And it basically she says, can't read. <laughs> Here, here's your job. You're going to go with her. She's going to teach you sword because she's a king level, mm-hmm. um, which he, he'd already explained. Like there's there's as many kings in the land as you can count on your hand. Um, they're, they're, they're rare. He's going to she's going to teach him tra- swords. He's going to go teach a girl. Magic. He wants. To, he needs to teach Ghislaine magic and teach them also reading and math. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has to go for five years. He's not allowed allowed to contact anyone, including Selfie, especially Selfie. Uh, yeah, he, he feels, says something to the effect of, it, "It's going to be good that there's some separation between." You've been too dependent on each other, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and in five years, you'll you'll come back. So he goes to the land of Roa, um, and he meets the mayor of the of the this town, and it's his dad's cousin, so mm-hmm. his um, 
I don't get it. Second cousin. Yeah, second cousin. We don't understand how that works, even though the three of us should. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Wait, I'm related to you guys? (laughs) Very distantly. (laughs) I don't know if we've ever actually revealed that. We might have. Yeah, we have. Yes, we have. Okay. Um, Yeah, he meets Philip, and Philip's like, look, I want you to tutor my daughter, uh, but you probably won't. Uh, so let me introduce you to her, and then you can decide to leave. Uh, and he, and he <laughs> takes her to meet uh, one of our next main characters, whose name is Eris. She is a very intense fireball. She is like, you, you, how dare you speak to me at all? And she slaps him, so he slaps her back, so she not punches him and starts beating on him, and he has to run away and hide. Uh, your guys' thoughts on Eris? If you took the bratty, tropey, like, kid anime character and turned it up to 11, that's Eris. Um, I gave it a sword. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, and, and sword abilities. Uh, man, she's a great fighter. Um, I, I like and hate and like to hate this character. Um, and I, that's the thing is like, they did a great job with this character because, it's real easy to hate her, but then when you see her improving when it comes to, like, personability and relationships, it's like, I'm cheering more for her than I am anyone else in this story <laughs> to do good things. Um, but, yeah, when you first meet her, you just, she's real easy to hate. So, But that, overall, I thought she's, she's a really great addition to the cast. Yeah, I absolutely, the first time I saw her, I cracked up and I knew that this was going to be one of my favorite characters <laughs> because that is the shrew that I get a kick out of watching. I love it. And I know that that is something that people don't necessarily like as much anymore, like old movies like Taming of the Shrew, but I grew up on that stuff and I found it to be really entertaining. And I mean, she... anime, it's called a Sundari and we all love yeah. Sundari okay, now. <laughs> excellent. Yes, I, I love name. this character. Yeah, it's just, just change the name. It's all good. Um, I love this character. I, I thought it was great to watch her. She actually had a good arc, too, because, you know, the obvious arc is that she started out not wanting to learn anything and then went ahead and started learning things. But there's also an arc when it comes to her relationship with Rudius. And it's a very complex one because she starts out having no respect for him, not liking him and anything. And then by the end, she's saying things like, he's amazing and listen to him all the time and all this. And you know, and it's it was really cool to see how the situation got that way, because I think that the anime actually earned it pretty well with the the interactions between the two of them and and how they viewed each other and especially how she viewed him changing over that time. My favorite parts about Eris is that she, like many of the characters, is is flawed and great. She is a good person. With an insane temper, <laughs> even mm-hmm. after she goes through kind of her her arcs of, of learning lessons about life and stuff, like a button pops off a coat, and she ends up punching a random stranger who didn't mean it, but then is also like, take care of yourselves. <laughs> no, okay, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. She didn't just punch. She, yeah, she punched did. and then continued to stomp on. To the point that he needed a lot of healing Healings, magic. So. Yep. <laughs> Yes, so great character. <laughs> she was she was a blast to watch, and honestly, like, we're getting closer to the parts of the anime that I really really enjoyed, and she is a major focus in that. And I thought she was a great 
uh, companion to the the group and, and what she brought into the flavor of the team. Um, so he does decide he wants to be her tutor. And so he comes up with a plan with his, um, Philip. Um, we, we should also notice that him and Eris are related and that makes other stuff really creepy. Even creepier. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yep. <laughs> not back then though, but yeah. So okay. the the plan <laughs> is they're going to pretend to be kidnapped and then he'll get her, he'll save her and then she'll be endeared to him. Uh, they wake up after being kidnapped and he's like, oh, look where we are. And then the guard comes in and beats the living snot out of her bloody, like teeth coming out, blood everywhere. Yeah. And, and he has to do healing spells on her. He's like, oh, that guy went a little rough with his acting. He does not get that they okay. have actually. I I love that the whole time he's winking at the guy like, come on, come on. I'm in on it, right? There's you see other this, right? scenes where he winks, too. His wink is fantastic. Ah! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really bad. Actually, it's hilarious that he opens the box that she's in and she's still sleeping. <laughs> and he's like thinking to himself, and he starts cackling like a villain. And then she <laughs> wakes up That's and catches him see. cackling. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, but most of the plan goes as, as he gets her to not only agree to come with him, but she was not allowed to talk anymore because she's annoying him so much until they return. Well, she was being loud. I mean, yeah, mm. she was being irritating, but he was worried she was going to give their position away. Yeah, it initially started with just, you know, recognize me as a teacher, recognize me as somebody with a little bit of respect. Um, but yeah, as soon as the threat manifested itself as real just became like you said jason just be quiet so we don't die so they take a wagon they get back to roa and they come across um i think his name is thomas who's their servant and then suddenly uh eris is grabbed by the kidnappers again and takes off down an alley uh he goes after them and thomas it turns in on it he's like she's been abusing me and this will make us a ton of money and like we will cut you in on on the money like it's a hundred gold. It's like, is that a lot of money? <laughs> and they're like, it's a lot of money. And he's like, he literally said, and he does this. He says on accident, money can't buy waifus. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta build that harem. Um, so he says no, and he starts battling these bad guys and trying to save her, and he's doing well. But then someone using the the god art sword style throws their sword at him he remembers this is a actual attack and there's nothing i can do to prevent it but he had shot fireworks up and gizlane shows up and stops the sword and murders the bad guys oh man yeah. um and this is this is what i'm talking about this really affects rudy it clearly freaks him out the blood's pooling around his feet it isn't just like oh bad guys died awesome we won the fantasy video game land uh he he clearly values he, uh, life and and so this was a major effect on him and that was probably one of my favorite things about that character um, mm -hmm. this scene and then how it, it clashes with other characters later and then they go they return home and eris says that he can be her tutor she's she's in yep i i was the do the kidnappers get hired to do the fake kidnapping and we're like Screw it, let's do it for real. It was never explained, but that seems to be implied. Right, because 
Because of Thomas being the, yeah. the mastermind. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that they never thought it was going to be fake because Thomas told them let's do it for real from the start, I bet. So Rudy meets uh, a couple more members of the family. He meets Hilda, who is Philip's wife, um, who does not like him. This was cool. Yeah. I thought it was going to be because of Paul. <laughs> I thought yeah, for sure too. it was going to be Paul related. Dang it, Paul. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he meets uh, Philip's dad. Um, and so this would be Paul's uncle, Lord Soros, um, who likes maids. Lord Soros. <laughs> His first name, George? No. Okay. I know, right? <laughs> um, eventually, this guy asks, that, hey, can uh, I want you to teach her magic, Eris magic. He's like, okay, but she needs to ask me herself, shouldn't she? So they make Eris... Ask him. And apparently, so they have all these, uh, Beastmen servants, and apparently in Beastman, you have to hold your ears, or you put your ears down when you show gratitude and respect. So the humans grab their hair and then pull it down to pretend like they have ears. Yes. In a, in a very weird, creepy, <laughs> cultural. And dad's like, hey, you need to stick something out for Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and their demeanor completely changed to like uh, the, the the grandfather who is this very powerfully built strong man with a great authority suddenly becomes like a feeble old man who's stricken with weakness because of the cuteness. Yeah, it's 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 funny. So tutoring begins. He's learning sword. Uh, he having a Eris loves doing magic. Sets her bed on fire. Um, has <laughs> yeah. trouble teaching her schooling. Um, and she runs away at one point. I loved how they showed this. Like, this is part of the reason why I love this character is because like, not only is she standing there and what, what is she doing to practice using her fire magic? Well, what would you do? You'd light things on fire, right? I would light things on fire. So what does she light on fire? She lights her bed on fire. And then when there's something she isn't interested in, she is literally gone. Like it shows the door swing and she is gone. And then he has to describe it in this monologue of like, so I chase her, and then when I find her, she punches me, and then I fall down, and then she runs again. And then if I find her again, she just beats me up again and runs away again. This just cracked me up so much because the they were creating this character that was uh, so silly. It added an element of silliness to it that I kind of enjoyed. So, But yeah, I love these scenes. These were great. This part was very sitcom-y, I have to say that. Yeah. And I, I actually agree with you. We're just about to get into the part I hated the most about the end. This is the part that oh, sticks in my craw the worst. Barn, barn fondle. Yeah. yeah. So he finds so her. Good. He finds her asleep in the hay, and not only cops a feel, but then decides I'm gonna steal her holy relics as well. She catches him and then beats him up. Um, but we, she's a nine year old kid at yeah. this time. <laughs> Of all the other ones, I could be like, ah, oh, that, that's creepy. This one was just, this is the one that was the worst for me. Um, uh, was just yeah. way, couldn't rationalize. Like, that's too much. Um, mm-hmm. anyway. Yep. I'm no, I totally agree with you there. Yep. Totally agree. He, after she beats him up, he cries to Ghislaine and asks her for help. So she tells the story of like, here's why I want to get educated, which is the, you know, I, I kept getting ripped off. I didn't have the resources I needed. I ended up eating monster poop. Uh, I got <laughs> diarrhea. I had to fight monsters while I had diarrhea. So then I'm picturing Ghislaine with her super butt 
Yeah. Flying out and then fighting <laughs> monsters at the same time. We all have had cat. We all have cats, right? So like, yeah. when cats get diarrhea, it is messy. <laughs> so I could totally see that. I don't. I don't want to do the podcast <laughs> I thought That's I a... took it too far, and then you made it worse. I was about to say you have editing powers, right, Troy? <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, sorry, you guys didn't get that mental image. I got that mental image. Uh, well, I have it now. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> hmm. um, uh, eventually, they all become a little overworked, so they take a day off and they go to visit the town. And Rudy spends his day like monitoring prices because he doesn't understand the value of money, which makes sense. I, I, you know, I don't think my son knows the value of money at seven, so I don't think you fully have taught your kid that. So, but he's like, okay, how much is that? How much is that? And comparing them. And then this merchant's like, hey, little boy, come on here. I want to sell you something. This is he's, weird too. He's like, yeah. okay, what? You want, you want an aphrodisiac? <laughs> you, you want yeah. Viagra in a bottle? <laughs> and I'm like, he is nine. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I did like that the of first thing he gets he... all excited. Well, I like that the first thing he thought of wasn't it that to send it as a gift to Paul. <laughs> that actually cracked me up. Um, but yeah, this was just a really weird scene too. Uh, but then uh, Eris and, and Ghislaine come up and they have a conversation about money. And he's explaining. It's funny because he's writing in Japanese too on on the paper because they can't so read they can't what he wrote. Um, but yeah, he's explaining the value of things and why he wants to know the value of things. And he does this like. If if you made sell something for three over here and then sold it or bought it for bought it for two and then sold it for three, what would be the difference? And and Eris is like eleven. <laughs> and I love in the background you see his lane just kind of going. <laughs> yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. So his lane gets it right, and then Eris is like, oh yeah, because then it would be one. Or she's like redundantly re says it. And he's like. You got it right. Yeah. Oh, and it's so great because she gets it wrong because she's, she's asking about something else and she gets the number wrong. And the shopkeeper is just like staring at them going, uh, uh, young sir. Uh, uh, I, I did laugh at the shopkeeper being like, do, did you want to, but are you, are we still talking? <laughs> like, am I still, it's very I took funny. That, I took that as because. I took that as him recognizing that the math that the girl said was wrong, but the main character said that it was correct. And I, th I thought he was like, wait, no, but are you trying uh, the, to tell the, her it's correct? In the dub, he's very much just like awkwardly like, are, are we buying? Are we doing a transaction here? Uh, or what's going yeah, on? <laughs> None of that was in the sub. In the sub, it was. So in the, in the dub, then they made it sound like she actually got it right and said it redundantly. She said she did a completely different math problem in the sub and got it wrong. Oh yeah, and the dub she got it right, and he's like, "Yeah, you just reset." Well, not it. the first time. The first yeah, the, time, the she first gets time it she wrong. gets it way wrong. Ghislaine says the right answer, and then Eris basically re-says it like backwards. Nope, that's that not what happens in the sub. Well. And he's like, "Oh, she just likes to be complimented." He's like, "Yeah, you're you got you're so smart." Yeah. No, in the sub, she says, oh, so if I buy something for 10 and then I sell it, or if I buy something for nine and then I sell it for 10, I'll have a, I'll get 11 or something like that. Or no, I think she says if I buy it for 10 and I sell it for 9, I don't I'll get that. 11. 
Well, but it, it, what's interesting to me is that there's a complete departure, like the difference is whether she got it right or got it wrong. And that changes the interpretation of what the shopkeeper says entirely. Cause I was very confused. So that's, that's very interesting. Uh, then, then he sees a book he really wants to buy. Eris is like, I'll buy, I'll have my daddy buy that for you. Clearly l- likes him now or wants to do something nice for him. And he's like, no, that's too much, and you don't actually have any money, and you should earn your own money and then, um, you know, buy stuff with that instead of making other people buy stuff for you. And so he's like, let's talk to your dad about getting you an allowance. Which she then uses to buy the aphrodisiac as a present for him. She has no idea what it is. No idea what it is. And and he's trying to sneak it out of the <laughs> the classroom. And they realize, like, wait, no, something's going on. What is it? And they grab him. He, he ends up dropping it and yells out, oh, my aphrodisiac. And then they tickle torture him. And that's it. this was like, yeah, this is a very sitcom. So, yes. One thing that's happening through this is Eris is getting better and better with the sword. Well, Rudy's pretty much staying the same. Also, I don't think it was part of the deal, but like Ghislaine is learning magic as well. No, that alongside Eris. Paul had said that you got Ghislaine. Oh, he did. I thought it was just their mythic. Okay. Um, Winter comes, and uh, the the tenth birthday of Eris is coming up, and her dance teacher is like, "Hey, can you back off on some of your lessons? Because she needs a lot more help with her dance lessons. And could you give me some time?" And he's like, "Awesome, because that's time off for me." (laughs) Um. So he starts using that time to, he decides to start studying languages. And I do love the comment, this kid brain learns languages so fast. I'm like, oh, that's true. I know that about kids. Mm-hmm. Kids can learn languages way easier. Um, but yeah, so he's, he learns beast language, demon language, and there's a third one. He doesn't get a hold of the third one though. Or like he can't get a handle on it. No, it's demon language you can't get a handle on. That's he the one that stumps help him. From Roxy. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Is he, is oh yeah. He yeah, okay. He writes a letter to Roxy, uh, basically telling her all this, uh, and she writes back, hey, I'm still teaching that prince who cops a feel on me and I set on fire all the time. Um, <laughs> and But I've made you a handcrafted, basically, a book to help you with the demon language and interpret it. Um, Is this where it. the prince buys a statue of yep. Roxy? And then she's like, also, <laughs> the prince bought a figurine. So it, with his... Uh, ground earth magic uh-huh. he makes figurines of the people in his life and he sold the one of roxy to make money and somehow it got all the way over to where roxy <laughs> is by the prince buying it and he's like it has my freckle that no one should know about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, um then the the 10th the birthday uh is coming up so he ends up having to help Eris learn how to dance because she doesn't like learning it, so he agrees to help her. Uh, and then her 10th birthday party comes. Uh, she goes to the floor to do the dance. The boy comes up and dances with her, and she stumbles and falls down, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, classic Eris. <laughs> you know, she'll never be the, the lady of the manor type thing. So Rudy steps up and dances with her, and she's still struggling, so he's like, close your eyes and use your, your sword instincts and follow and i'll tell you when to do the moves which he does so they dance perfectly and everyone uh is happy and that's her birthday um 
was it implied that whoever steps forward to dance with her is offering a potential mate? No. I didn't get that, but I could definitely see it. I thought I was... grandfather was like, whoever wants my granddaughter's hand in marriage, come dance with her kind of thing. No, because in the next episode, they actually are literally offering her hand in marriage to him. Not like he'd already accepted it. That's true. Um, he gives her a wand for her birthday, and he also gives Kazane one because he's supposed to have already done it, but he didn't know how. Um, and Gislaine gives Eris a ring that's supposed to take, keep wolves away from you at night. <laughs> it's funny because the only time we see wolves is when Eris is slaughtering like 12 of them at once. <laughs> yeah, at night. <laughs> at night. <laughs> like demon wolves, too. <laughs> yep. uh, Eris sleeps in his bed that night. He wakes up with her in there because they had been partying in his room or something. Uh, then he goes up to a tower where he hears strange nor- noises and hey, the grandpa's banging a maid. And and they're like, he's okay. Me. He's like, hey, I'm done. Um, look at that. Isn't there a weird, there's a weird orb <laughs> in the sky? I also forgot to mention there's a castle in the sky too. Um, and oh, yeah. that, that's apparently tied into the folklore of the, the ancient, ancient heroes and an ancient evil guy. Lapidus. Or something like that. The bad guy, yeah. 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 But now there's a a ball of energy thing floating in the sky, and the Lord's like, "That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing." Um, two years go by. Uh, Eris is now much more advanced in the sword. The orb has gotten slightly bigger. Um, and then it's Rudy's tenth birthday, and he finds out they're planning a secret birthday for him. Uh, Ghislaine <laughs> tries to distract him, so he has to see her butt, which she shows him, and we get another horrible, horrible uh, butt. This one is, is like, m- super muscular, which makes sense for Ghislaine, but also is not a fun... She pulls down her pants, I'm like, nope. I, I was I, fine. I was seeing that. I think the only, the only really funny part about this was, like, he's like, <laughs> I'm gonna see how far she'll go, and she's just like, oh, that's it? Like, she had just no qualms. Yeah. <laughs> and he has to see where her tail comes out for her figurine. Yeah. That's what she's showing him. But yeah, so he was like, oh, I'm going to get to see her butt. And then she pulls down her pants and he's like, he's not even I, want, like I want butt muscles like that. Yeah, exactly. He's not he's even like, like attracted. Them. He's like knocking on him like yeah. he is. They like got a wood. ring like metal or wood. Yeah. Uh, when they get when they get to the surprise party, he pretends to be surprised and he pretends to cry like, oh, I can't believe you guys remembered and, and cared about me. And there has been this whole thing of like, hey, don't take credit for like good things that happen that you do. <laughs> you need to keep that on the hush hush. And they haven't really told him why. And we've kind of found out it had to do with family politics. Paul had left as the head of the family and someone else took that role. And now they're worried about a coup of Paul's so- offspring. Overthrowing Paul has that. an older brother that's worse than he is. Makes Paul look like a good guy. Right. Um, and that's the person who is over that family, and they want to get rid of him and replace him. I thought they had said Paul was going to go to the family, but he decided to leave and take that role as a protector of the village. Not in the sub. Okay. But, well, no, and then also... To be fair, I didn't fully understand it, so that, that's probably not a dumb mm-hmm. thing. That was just me being like, what? Okay. Also, since Paul's brother is like the head of the house, he took the mom's two boys. Yeah, we're, we'll find that in this episode. That's Philip. That's 
That's Philip. Oh, that was Philip. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait. Uh, Eris has an older and a younger brother, yes. and those are Philip's children, and they yes. got taken by his older brother because his older brother is also running his family line. Right. And that they want Rudy to overthrow him. Right. So there's but four this is different... why she didn't like Rudy, because it was like, oh, they take my boys, but here comes this other rat field or gray rat, uh, gray, gray rat, rat the, yeah. like tromp around my house kind of feel. Yeah, there's four different gray rat branches and uh, Paul is in one branch and Philip is in a different branch, but they have very similar problems. Uh, OK, I didn't I guess that's where I got confused. I didn't get that they were different families with the same problem or different branches with the same problem. I thought it was just yeah. one. Um, but yeah, there's there's clearly, and, and that's why Rudy's had to keep things on the down low because they're like, don't draw attention to yourself, don't let them think you might be a problem. Anyway, yeah, because the rest uh, of the families are planning to get rid of that one, and so they're gonna wanna they're they're gonna think that we're allying with them, and it's gonna cause waves. Right? <laughs> the, but what's funny the the punchline of all this is at this birthday party after his emotional mo- moment, the the Lord is like. That's it. We're going to war for this boy. He's the best in the world. Yeah. <laughs> they have to drag him out of the party. Um, and and then he finds out his family couldn't come and visit for the birthday party. And so. Um, oh, oh, man, that's rough because she's like, I've got some big huge surprise for you. Guess what it is? And he's like, oh, you brought my family. And she's like, oh, I guess that would have been a great surprise. But then Hilda, yeah. Phil, Philip's wife comes up and is suddenly like, oh, you poor dear, you're a part of our family. Oh, I'm, you're going to marry my daughter and you're going to be the head of the family. And she's dragged off. Yep. And the other important thing that happens is he gets a, a wizard staff um, called, I wrote it down, Aqua Hardia, which she's not a big fan of the name, but it's it makes it really easy for him to cast spells. And, and then it increases the uh, potency of the spell, right? It seems like it. It at least makes it so that he doesn't have to use much mana to get a very. Uh, I thought it spell. was a mana like regulator keeps your mana. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he has a conversation with Philip, who's like, "Hey, you, do you want to marry Eris and uh, overthrow the family?" And he's like, "Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want any part of that. <laughs> Leave me out." I'm, yeah, I don't want to be involved in that. So it's like, all right. Well, when he goes to his bedroom, Eris is there in a nightgown. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do anything. Well, I could do some things. <laughs> and there's at least this one had consent Ish. given. Consent to issue. It's still a 12-year-old and, and a 4-year-old man in a 10-year-old body. But at least there was consent-ish. And he stopped when he was told to stop. Yeah, he ends up getting kicked in the nuts uh, by the end of this. I think what I gives this one a little bit better than the other ones is he has this real like existential crisis for like three seconds where he's like, "Is she giving me the green light? No, yes, I don't know. <laughs> is this okay or not?" Right, like he's actually questioning it instead of just diving in, which he's never done before. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he ends up getting kicked. Uh, and and probably of all the problems with him, this line I really appreciated. This is why I died a virgin. And the guys, I literally said that in the beginning because he had said something about like uh, boobies and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's why you're a, a virgin at that age. You're 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 treating it as something it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And he says that, and I'm like, okay, well at least he recognizes that. 
Yep. And he immediately apologizes to her too. Yep. He feels bad. He, he really, like to Jeremy's point, he recognizes this is a character flaw of his, that this is a bad thing he's done. And he does actually feel regret at this point. And she accepts his apology and then says, when we're adults, which she says 15. Um, mm. like you said, third birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she's, and he's like, yeah, I get to do it on, <laughs> on 15. And he's like, wait, don't I have a girlfriend back home? Oh, well. And he's going after Roxy. And, yeah. Uh, Roxy's the goddess. She's, yeah. She's the Scarlett Johansson. Um, you know, you don't <laughs> the whole have her. <laughs> yes. Um, then he goes out with them, uh, with Ghislaine and uh, Eris to try out his new staff. And we get a bunch of weird scenes of different characters we've never seen before. There's a man walking in the mountains and a dragon attacks him and then looks him in the eye and walks away. And he's like this man up in the West. We see Paul hunting monsters. Um, and he's like, I, I, you stupid monsters, you kept me from my son's birthday. Um, but they're, they're apparently in, in mass right now. And we see a little purple-haired lolly girl who's like, ah, I'm something. A, it, it a was demon weird. of some kind. Yeah. And she's she's apparently a character that's coming. Um, and then we see a guy in the Sky Castle, and he sends his servant to go investigate what's happening. Uh, when Rudy starts his spell, weird things uh, – there's – storm clouds weird things starts happening in the sky and he's like this isn't me i didn't do the spell yet and this servant guy comes down and starts attacking him. it looks like a lightning bolt flying around Gislaine is able to fight him and get him to be like well i i'm pretty sure this kid is the problem and she's like no he's not he hasn't done anything and then he leaves and then the giant energy beam from the sky comes down and yeah uh it hits Gislaine, and he rudy and eris try to run and they fall and they get hit by it as well and and this hey guys the story started this is the beginning <laughs> uh, like i said i that i was like where is the call to action where is the the story starting and this was like like as soon as it happened i'm like oh this is it it, it, it happened it's not hard to recognize it's just weird it waited so long um so we see Rudy, but now he is in his true form or his former life form. He's the the 34-year-old man shut in. And he's talking to a disembodied body. A, a yeah, he calls silhouette. it the man god. The man god. And he's like, oh, you're the one who – oh, you're not the one – the man god says something. He's like, oh, you must not be the one who reincarnated me. He says, no, that was the evil dragon god who did that. Well, in the sub, he doesn't directly attribute it to him. He just says only only that one no. might have had the power to do he it. Says that's yeah. his. In the dub, it was he's over that department or something like that. That would be the evil dragon god's department. Mm. Um, you're right. He didn't specifically say uh, he's the one who reincarnated you. Um, Man God keeps trying to talk to him, and he's very like. <laughs> me i'm totally not evil yeah and, and rudy's having none of it. he's like nope i know when i'm being manipulated i don't like you you any the core of what's across Ru very deadpoolish yeah yeah flamboyant yeah, yeah. the 
the core of what Rudy is upset about, though, is he's in his old body. It, that He's really upset that he's in this body. And he thinks he's died and got put back into his old body um, and realizes the man God finally explains, no, you're in your kid body. I'm just talking to you on the astral plane. He's like, well, then why do I look like this? He's like, that's how you see yourself. Um, yep. uh, and he's like, look, you don't have to listen to me or not. Give you some advice. Trust the man you're about to meet and help him. And so he awakens and we do meet this man and it is one of the superb and he had saved both Rudy and Eris as they fell from the sky into this desert that they're in. And this is Rujard, who is our next main character. What do you guys think of him? I like this character a lot. Um, I love his backstory. I love that he's principled and will fall on his sword for his principles. But he's also just as powerful as the stories about him uh, refer to him as. Uh, and But he's much more restrained than what the stories are, even though the stories are kind of true, which I, what, I didn't see coming. Like, I thought, oh, you know, it's a big old misunderstanding. They're demonized because, in, in, you know, maybe they're different. No, no, no. These were bad dudes, but they were tricked. <laughs> like, uh, they did really bad things. And so he's like on the, his own quest to like, you know, clear his name and, you know, not be seen as the monsters they once were. And his initial response of, hey, these are children. They're sacred. I must protect them. And I'm going to give them my word that I'm going to get them back home. Like. Yeah, I was on board with this character. I was worried that he was going to be a deus ex machina, especially when I saw that he was a superb. And, you know, obviously he's a good guy, so all that power is there to protect them. But I thought the anime did a really good job of giving him a sort of Achilles heel in his own limitations that he's imposing on himself because of trying to change people's perceptions about him. And that counterbalanced it pretty well. Um as far as the rest of it, I kind of found him initially to be a little bit um, boring in one tone. But once he started to interact with more characters than just the two of them, especially in the town, um, I really enjoyed what they did with him and how you, how does he deal with the different conundrums of, you know, I want I want this. I, w- I want my name to be cleared, but also I can leap over that wall and I can kill everybody in the town if they're going to get in my way. But how are you going to clear your name? If you do that, you know, like seeing him deal with those thoughts and and even voice them out loud. And uh, yeah, so so he became very intriguing for those reasons, especially to me. I I love him. He's one of my favorite characters. Again, the anime at this point becomes very interesting to me. I'm into the story. A lot of the creepy stuff tones down because there's not time for it. We're we're moving forward. We've kind of just been meandering through. And we find out this guy's backstory and it's tragic and it gives proper motivation for his action. Cause at first he just seems like, Oh, I am good guy in desert who will help be good guy. Uh, but then there's like a real reason for it. And there's a reason children are sacred to him. And that's because he murdered his own son. And it's like, Oh, that's what it seems like <laughs> there, there's a ton of baggage on this guy. And, and also his view on the, the sanctity of life. Like if you're not, good person 
dying is awesome for you. Uh, yeah, that is that is. I'll help you. Yeah, I, I, that is is my duty to kill bad people. That is how I'm going to show everyone in the world that I'm not a monstrous killer. I don't kill all the bad people. <laughs> um, and, which you know very much clashes with Broody, who's like, you know, all these lives are sacred, and we we need we don't kill, we don't take lives. Um, and especially when like Rudy makes mistakes and with his mentality and stuff, it it was really cool to see this guy and it treats Rudy as equal eventually. Um, yeah, and also the respect he gets when his name is mentioned. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, it does make me wonder too if he is the last one because he killed all the others. Yeah, I wonder. But so he, when they first meet, he immediately, like Rudy immediately goes for his staff, but then he's like, he starts thinking it through and he's like, wait, I'm not dead yet. He's got a fire going for us. We're safe. Maybe that God person was telling the truth. (laughs) And then Eris wakes up and it's all over. (laughs) It helps that Rudy can speak his language too. So that's, that's a big point. It really impresses Richard. Um, but yeah, then Eris wakes up. She's freaking out. He's got a. <laughs> she gets that mad afterwards. Like my mom told me you would eat me. <laughs> um, and then and the how do you do? She tries to do trembling is pretty great. Well, yeah. like, yep. <laughs> Rudy convinces her to become friends with him, and they do. Um, and then they they set out, and and Eris is excited. This is the adventure she's been waiting her whole life for, and they set out into the desert. All and, 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> Rudyard is able to... 12. She's going to be 12 at this point. She's 12 now? Yeah, she's two 12. years after her 10th birthday. Two years birthday. older? Okay. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so Rudyard, uh, he's able, he he finds some beasts and he slays them um, with his... He, he has a third eye and it shows him where all beasts are around him. Even through... Shows him a lot of stuff. Whatever he happens to need at the time, yep. his third eye shows him. Eye is awesome. Uh, then they... They find a village, and at yeah, first they're not <laughs> they're not allowed inside the village at first. But then Richard kind of demands you you get the chief, like you do it. And apparently these people are psychic and can talk to each other in their minds. And the guard who's not letting them in is Roxy's father. So does that mean Roxy has been psychic this entire time? Well, I wonder if they're psychic only with, among their own with race. Each other, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it must not be over great distances because they clearly haven't heard from her in a no. long time. Right. Must have a distance. Uh, yeah. So, yep. So they they spend the night at the Chiefs, and this is where we learn Rudyard's backstory, which was the evil villain of ancient times had given his people these awesome spears. Now, they already had awesome spears because they love their spears. They're, they, they remind me of, like, Klingons, like, you know, honor and, yeah. and warrior way. Um, our spears had, are our souls. Our spears are our souls, and they got these new spears, except for and they made them really powerful in battle, but also basically made them berserkers, to where they killed anything. And then they went home and killed everything at home. And Rudyard's thing is, this is my son's spear. He died saving my soul. Soul, yeah. So okay. uh, he uses his son's spear now, and and that's why he wants to. Fix the name of his people because there is a reason now everyone is scared of them, but it was, it wasn't really their fault. They were tricked into it. Uh, and, and Rudy pledges, look, you vowed to get me home, but I promise I'm going to help 
you with your your mission as well. And then when they leave the next day, Roxy's parents give them a sword, which goes to Eris so that she has something to fight with. And then they start traveling out to the next city, and they, we see them having a great time. Eris is loving life. She is killing wolves and monsters everywhere. Um, she is quite powerful with a sword. Not quite at Ghislaine levels, but uh, beyond human from what I saw. <laughs> yeah. Especially for her size and weight. Yes. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> they do reach uh, the first city, and the guards are all searching for dead end. They, they're like, hey, we're, we're, are you dead end? We're looking for dead end. And Rudy's like, what's dead end? And Rujart is like, that's me. Um, they're looking for me. <laughs> that's, that's another name I'm known by. So they dye Rujard's hair, uh, with blue mud that they find. Mm-hmm. Magic. 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 And then they go to the Adventurers Guild, and Rudy's big thing is he walks in, he's like, hey, we're the best new adventurers, because they need to make money to get home. Right, we're the best new adventurers, and this is dead end. And he points at Rujard and everyone laughs because he doesn't have the wrong, the right colored hair. So Rudy's like, okay, so now no one will ever think you're that because I, I you know. I kind of made fun of it and mocked it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but they are F rank heroes, so they're only now, allowed to take. Now, I, I did want to mention that you can actually see Rujard's hand during this scene where they're mocking dead end and they're like, hi, you're not dead end. Da, da, da. You see his hand tense on the spear. Like he is literally stopping himself from killing everybody in that room. <laughs> uh, the only jobs that they're like approved for, like there's one for like finding a lost cat uh, because of their low rank. They can't do any I of the totally thought that was going to be Ghislaine. Ah, uh, that would have been cool. Yeah. I uh, thought it was actually going to be a kitty cat. A kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting that these people are half human, half animal, but these, Half animal, half human people are demons. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, yeah, because there's, there's like a there's a horse guy. Uh, his name is Nakapara, and he's a jerk. And he comes up and makes fun of them. And he's basically a man with a horse head. And but all these people are demons. Mm-hmm. Oh, horse Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the inn. And they meet a young adventuring party, and this is the one Eris beats up because her her new cloak that Rudy bought her, the first thing my Rudy ever bought me, uh, gets a button broken, and she nearly beats him to death. Yep. Uh, but that night, Rudy has a dream. Well, he's back on the astral plane with Man God, and Man God's like, "Hey, I have more advice for you." And he's like, "I do not like you. I do not want to talk to you." <laughs> he's like, "Hey, take take the cat job." You won't have to worry about money anymore. So he agreed. They do that. They go searching for the cat the next day, and they and thanks to uh, Richard's third eye, they're able to find it. And it's in a cavern, and apparently it's a panther. Like cats aren't like <laughs> little kitty cats; they are tigers and lions here. But it's a kidnapping ring, and it's actually adventurers who kidnap cats, and then when the job was put up for them, they return them and get the the money. Uh, when this, these catnappers come, they capture him really quickly, uh, but one of them kicks Rudy, so Rudyard takes his head off. <laughs> and, and Rudy and Rudyard have this argument about, like, you can't be killing people. He's like, no, he was a bad person. He hurt you. He's like, no, that, 
You don't kill. No killing. No more killing. And he asked the other two to join up with Dead End. Also, they named their group Dead End. Rudy's logic is that the name Dead End gets positive vibes to it. That'll spread to the name Dead End for Ruger. Um, so he's like, join Dead End. And then you guys get monster hunting jobs. You're going to go up the rank you're supposed to get monster hunting jobs. We'll take easy find lost pet jobs and then we'll switch. Um, and then you do a good job so that the reputation grows and, and we'll, we'll share the money. Um, and, and that's the plan. And then they go out into the forest for this monster hunting job. I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. I did miss something, but not really. So, uh, we, the next episode starts with Roxy checking on a notice board if Rudy is among the dead yeah. in the land of Roa. And apparently this wasn't just like a thing that happened in the field. The entire continent country, yeah, got blasted. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least that region, but yeah, right, something. Right, because it affected his family, we find out, his home village, which is not in the same city he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not listed on the dead. And then there's a letter from Paul as a just a general thing of hey the entire family got teleported away except for norn which is the blonde daughter i believe uh the human yeah or, yeah him and Zena's daughter mm-hmm. uh she's like i have her it first says to rudy i'm gonna look for you last because i know you're the strongest and you will survive out there no matter what i'm going to go look for your mother and your sister and our maid um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but then there's also to my old adventuring guild, uh, please help me reunite my family. I know you think I'm the worst, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but can, can you please, uh, any, anyone who finds them, tell them, you know, here's the central location for us all to meet, send information if you have it. I absolutely love that. In, in a medieval world without cell phones or internet, that's like, how would you relocate that? That's a really smart idea, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, send out general notices to everyone who has information and have a centralized location to collect it at where you can operate out of. And he's going to the beast land. Yeah. And then he's like, and he tells Rudy to search demon land, which is where Rudy is trying to get home. Um, yeah. So that was, that was really cool. And then Roxy meets his old advent, two members of his old party, a dwarf and a woman. Cleric? Maybe? Yeah. Not really sure. I thought she would have been a mage, but knowing they only had one mage and Zenith was that mage, I don't know who this one was. Yeah, it's funny when they mention it too, they're like, oh yeah, we also just had a mage to kind of round out the numbers. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I love that she, she's like, hey, do you know Paul? And they're like, who's asking? <laughs> <laughs> Back with Rudy, him and his team go after this monster hunt, and there's two other adventuring teams who've got the same job by mistake. And they're like, well, one's the young team, one's a group of, like, boar demon men. Um, like, oh, it's a race then, first one to get there. Uh, when they find the snakes, they're already attacking the young party, and Rudy's like, oh, this is great. We're gonna wait to save them. To the, we're gonna wait to the last possible moment and then rush in and save them and seem like super awesome heroes that'll spread the reputation of Dead End. And right after he gets done saying this, one of those party members gets ripped in half by the monster. Uh, Ruger, and also, you gotta remember they're young. So to Ruger, these are children and Ruger freaks out. He jumps in, 
um, Eris jumps in, they save him, but then he's mad at Rudy. Like, why would you do that? And Rudy's like, I, I, I made a mistake. I thought we would have more time. I'm so sorry. Um, and the, the party members asking Richard, don't blame him. We knew we got ours into us. We're not just children. Yeah. 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 They escort them out the forest. Then there's another bigger red monster, a uh, snake that is killed, that killed the boar party and they battle it and they defeat it. They couldn't save any of the boars, unfortunately. They couldn't, yep. Mm-hmm. But this fight is beautiful. And also yeah. like the, like D and D style teamwork is really cool. Yeah. Um, and of course we have the anime, like, Eris jumps in the air and comes down with a sword that is not even a quarter the length of the radius of this thing, exactly. but slices it right in half. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful, but it's like, okay, the, I, she is very powerful. She's using, Eris is really, really powerful. She's using God Sword style. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Um, they go back to town and that horse guy is there and he's like, I figured out what you're doing. You know, switching jobs is you're not supposed to do. You're going to get kicked out of the guild um, unless you give me half of the money from now on. And Rudy is like, I can't think of a way out of this. And I swore I'd get Eris home and nothing's going to stop me. And he starts summoning a hurricane to destroy the entire city was my impression. Yep. I thought he was going to summon a lightning bolt down and fry horse man. He said he drowned the whole city, and I was like, yeah. are you going to hurricane the whole city? Yep. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he was going to take everybody out. <laughs> Which is really interesting. I was wondering, like, where is this going to go with the human life thing? And then this happened, and I got a little Overlord vibe from it, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, instead, though, Rudyard, uh throws water on his head and washes out the, the hair dye and turns into his regular color. And then tells the horse guy, who's now basically peeing himself, uh, uh-huh. we're going on to the next town. If we are not a member of the guild when we get there, uh, I'm coming back for you. You know what there's I no am. You can hide. Yeah, there's nowhere you can hide from me. You know yeah. what I am. And then he just, like, jumps out of the city as the as the guards come running. Um, and then Rudy and Eris leave, and they go looking for him. They I find like, him. before they leave, they went, so, the, like, they see the two party members they saved from the forest. Yeah all terrified and in a corner and he's like well, what's wrong with you guys he saved your lives and they're like oh we're terrible people <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <We're> sorry <laughs> again a, a big problem i had through the first eight episodes is like i'm not picking up on the themes really i don't know what your point your messages are your themes are now in these couple of episodes we're anti-racism the value of life protecting children there's all these different things just because you put in a call to action <laughs> uh, all right um yeah they they find Richard and they, they they make up with him and he's like hey i i now recognize that you're not just a kid that you have the resolve to do you're not just going to let bad people live just to live you have the resolve to do what needs to be done and he's like so you don't need to restore my name and i will keep my promise to get you home he's like no but i'm still going to keep your name or help you restore your name and then they all laugh and richard shaves his head (laughs) go ahead make your joke i know you want it tn it's tn oh my god he just becomes tn I did find it funny that um, Ruger calls him out. He's like, I could tell you were about to murder everyone. Yeah. And then he's like, 
I didn't realize you were an adult. You're clearly an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rudy does make the decision, like, from now on, we'll make decisions as a team. I won't just be the one making the shots because he even pointed out, like, everything I've, every decision I've made in this land has been wrong. I thought mm. I was so competent and I just keep making mistakes. Um, so they're going to work together and they head home. And then the final shot is Roxy, what looks like arriving at Demon Land. Yeah, with Demon the two Climate. other team members. Yeah. Adventurers. And that's, oh, we do get, we do get like a montage of, the, of, um, Rudy's and the dead end team traveling to the next city, riding yeah. lizards through storms and fighting monsters and just general adventures that continue to happen. And Eris having the time of her life. Even though they did give her a scene where she was like, are we going to get home? And I'm worried. Contrasting how how much fun she's been having. Yeah, she is having the time of her life, but there is a part of her that's still is actually upset and human. Uh, <laughs> all yeah. right. Uh, any thoughts on the ending? It just came too quick. It didn't feel like an ending. It felt like I was supposed to go on to the next episode. Mm-hmm. So, My recommendations to the anime would be like, Tell the story of nine through or eight through eleven with flashbacks of one through seven sprinkled in to give us the backstory. Start us in the middle of the action, if the call to action with the adventure, and then let us know like, oh, my dad's disappeared, and then teach us about who Paul was. That I think would have been funner. Yeah, that would be interesting. All right, let's go to our final reviews. Jeremy, your pick, your review. So, um. Yeah, a lot of a lot of whether or not I like this anime has nothing to do with the main character and his creepiness. Um, but that is a factor. And um and I think if that's something that is is gonna put you off too much, this is this is definitely not gonna be the anime for you. But um there's so much here that is actually really engaging and really fun and entertaining. Um, I, I gotta give it a four out of five. I still found it really entertaining. All right, Jason, what'd you, what'd you give? Um, my initial, like, uh, gut is to give it a really low score. Uh, but as I said at the beginning, this has some tremendous back end storytelling and potential with where they can go. And I'm really digging the character arc. Actually, the multiple character arcs. Like, this anime has itself going what other great animes have, and that's great characters. The characters themselves are compelling. I dislike the majority of them, but only because I dislike their personalities and their actions. But their actions within this greater world are interesting. And I actually really, really enjoy the political intrigue that we got in the middle. Um, so... The creepiness is really, 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 really off-putting to me. Um, I I guess I got to give it a three. It's just kind of right in the middle for me. Yeah, the first half I would go a two, and then the second half a four. Uh, so it's going to land as a three. But a three that I'm willing to watch the second season, especially because 
that creepy stuff was fading away as the story actually had time or was doing more important things. We didn't have time for there, there's even a, a flash of him like sneaking into Eris in the dressing room and her punching him out. And I'm like, no, that's fine with me. That hasn't that doesn't bother me at all. The haystack scene where we're just we have so much time to do everything and then we're just going too far because whatever reason that didn't bother the writers. Um, that was that was too much for me. And I do really feel like the story was just kind of floating along like here's a guy and he's learning languages. Why is he learning languages? He's bored. Well, so am I then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it it has got complex characters with flaws, and that is actually something to be um, commended. You don't see that very often. The world is very very, um, interesting. And then what they've set up of everyone he cares about has been spread to the four ends of this world, and now he has to to find them all while trying to get back himself. And who knows what dangers are in the way. I am I, very interested in where it's going now. So I would watch a second season, even though I'm only giving this a three. All right. Our next anime is my pick. And I am choosing Odd Taxi. An anime about a walrus who drives a taxi in the city. I thought you wanted the rock climbing one. That was Jeremy. <laughs> We are so <laughs> going to watch that one. <laughs> we are so going to watch that one. If I was going to pick one like that, I'd pick the weightlifting one, for the, the girls doing oh, yeah. weightlifting. I hear that's really good. Everyone uh, who watches it loves the weightlifting one. Um, okay. But but I want to watch Odd Taxi. I've heard like the, the dialogue is at levels of Tarantino is what I keep hearing, and there's like a overarching mystery. It's, a, it's about a guy, a walrus, driving his taxi in an animal town. I'm not a furry. <laughs> yeah, this and Beast Stars were starting Beast to Beast Stars season two. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so it's supposed to be very top tier anime uh, of last season from what I've heard, and I've been wanting to watch it since I first heard about it. So that is my next pick. Uh, however, and my co hosts don't even know this, we're going to have to delay our next podcast by one extra week uh, mm-hmm. because I will be on vacation uh, visiting family. We're supposed to record. Okay. I'll be closer to you, Jason. Well, you guys have fun. <laughs> I am closer to Jason. Huh? <laughs> I, mean, <that's> fun. <laughs> I, I mean, on the grand scheme of things, we're not terribly far from each other currently, but yeah. Yeah, yeah like on a world globe, we're really close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, if you have any thoughts about what this anime is called, I can't remember, remember the first half. It's it's Mushoku Tensai Jobless Reincarnation. Uh, yep. Leave it on our Twitter at Baka Podcast or an email, the anime Baka Club at gmail.com or leave a comment wherever you found the podcast and we will reply and get back to you. Um, with that, I think it's time for us to say goodbye. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Sayonara. <laughs>